Yeah, thank you for joining everyone who is new. If you're new, uh, we'll be starting, uh, uh, Binduji will be starting Mandukya uh, in, uh, in just a few minutes. And if you're new, uh, he's um, got a PDF attached above uh, shortly that you can open. Uh, otherwise, uh, open your uh, copy of uh, Mandukya and we'll be uh, in the first few uh, uh, Karakas of um, of chapter four. The Mantukya Upanishad with Karika is being continued. We are on the twenty sixth day or twenty seventh day, and into the third category, third chapter, fourth chapter, which is called the Alada Shanti Prakaranam, and we completed up to nine verse nine. The, so we'll be continuing today from the verse 10 onwards, but I'll recap verse 9 for the continuity. Uh, at the outset, let me tell everyone that uh, today's session may be slightly uh, disturbing for those who are traditional and orthodox and uh, may feel uncomfortable what you are, if you are too religious, but don't worry about it. We are not challenging the the authority or the doctrines of any of those things. The Gaudapada Karika only talks from the absolute truth point of view. So, even though it may feel uncomfortable, you may have to deal with it. But once you are completely hearing about it, then you may know a better understanding how to even understand that. With this as a preamble, let me start. We will be doing verses 10 to 13 as normal procedure. But verses 14 to 23 will be read first and the explanations will be taken up as a summary of the whole 7, 14 to 23. The reason being that the subjects from 14 to 23 with the 23 one as the concluding one is a single subject dealt by Gaudapada in different karikas. So for him, when it is writing, it is continuous. But when you are making a commentary or an explanation, you need to bring in uh, things in between. So I will read, explain the just the textual meaning of the verses, but the explanation and the detailing of those verses will be done in the towards the end. So the the session may slightly get extended by 40, 15 or 20 minutes and we will take the question answer once for all and may not break out into a second room if the thing questions are not uh, you know continuing for beyond that time if at all anything is left on that thing i'll come again tomorrow 9 9 15 like that for having a question and session to continue with that. So with that, let me start today's class. Om Namo Brahma Dibhyo, Brahma Vidya Sambradaya Kartrabhyo, Vamsa Rishibhyo, Mahadhyo Namo Gurubhya, Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badarayanam, Sutra Bhashya Krutau Vande Bhagavandau Punapunaha, Ishwaro Guru Ratmeti Murti Beda Vibhagine 
ವ್ಯೋಮವ್ಯಾಪ್ತೇಹಾಯ ದಕ್ಷಿಣಾಮೂರ್ತ ನಮಃ ಓಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರುಭ್ಯೋ ನಮಃ ಭದ್ರಂ ಕರ್ಣೇಭಿ ಶೃಣುಯಾಮ ಭದ್ರಂ ಪಶ್ಯೇಮಾಕ್ಷಿರ್ಯಚತ್ರೈರಂಗೈಸ್ತುಷ್ಟುವಾಗುಂಸ್ತನೂಭಿ ವ್ಯಶೇಮೇವಹಿತೋಸ್ತಿನೋವೃದ್ಧಸ್ರವಾಸ್ತಿನಃಪೂಷಾ ವಿಶ್ವೇದಸ್ತಾಕ್ಷ್ಯೋರಿಷ್ಟನೇಮೀ ಸ್ವಸ್ತಿನೋ ಬೃಹಸ್ಪತಿರ್ದೂ ಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿ ಪ್ರಜ್ಞಾಂಶುಪ್ರಧಾನೈಸ್ಥಿರಚರನಿಕರೈವ್ಯಾಪ್ಯವ್ಯಾಪ್ಯಲೋಕಾನ್ ಭುಕ್ವಾಭೋಗಾನ್ಸವಿಷ್ಟಾನ್ ಪುನರಧಿಶನೋದ್ಭಾಸಿತಾನ್ ಕಾಮಜನ್ಯಾನ್ ಪೀತ್ವಾರ್ವಾನ್ ವಿಶೇಷಾನ್ ಸೋವಿತಿ ಮುದರಭು ಮಾಯ ಭೋಜಯನ್ನೋ ಮಾಯಾಸಂಖ್ಯಂ ತುರೀಯಂ ಪರಮೃತಮಜಂ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮಯತ್ತನ್ನೋಸ್ಮೀಯೋ ವಿಶ್ವಾತ್ಮ ವಿಧಿಜವಿಷಯಾನ್ ಪ್ರಾಶ್ಯಭೋಗಾನ್ಸ್ತವಿಷ್ಟಾನ್ ಪಶ್ಚಾಶ್ಚಾನ್ಯಾನ್ ಸ್ವಿತಿ ವಿಭವಾನ್ ಜ್ಯೋತಿಷಾಸ್ವೇನ ಸೂಕ್ಷ್ಮನ್ ಸರ್ವಾನೇತಾನ್ ಪುನರಭಿಜನೈ ಸ್ವಾತ್ಮನಿ ಸ್ಥಾಪಯಿತ್ವಾನ್ ವಿಶೇಷಾನ್ ವಿಗದಗುಣಗಣೈ ಪಾತ್ವಸೌ ನತ್ತುರೀಯ ದ ಮಾಂಠುಕ್ಯ ಉಪನಿಷತ್ ಓಂ ಇತ್ಯೇತದಕ್ಷರಮಿತ್ಯಾಖ್ಯಾನ ಭೂತ ಭವಿಷ್ಯತಿಂಕಾರೇವಾನ್ಯತ್ರಕಾಲೀತಂತಪ್ಯೋಂಕಾರೇವಾತ್ಬ್ರಹ್ಮ ಅಯಮಾತ್ಮ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮ ಸೋಯಮಾತ್ಮ ಚತುಷ್ಪಾದ್ ಜಾಗರಿತಸ್ಥಾನೋ ಬಹಿಪ್ರಜ್ಞ ಸಪ್ತಾಂಗ ಏಕೋನವಿಶತಿ ಮುಖ ಸ್ಥೂಲಭುಕ್ ವೈಶ್ವಾನರ ಪ್ರಥಮ ಪಾದ ಸ್ವಪ್ನಸ್ಥಾನೋ ಅಂತಪ್ರಜ್ಞ ಸಪ್ತಾಂಗೋ ಏಕೋನವಿಶತಿ ಮುಖ ವಿವಿಕ್ತಭುಕ್ ತೈಜಸೋ ದ್ವಿತೀಯ ಪಾದ ಯುಪ್ತೋ ನ ಕಂಚನ ಕಾಮಂ ಕಾಮಯತೆ ನ ಕಂಚನ ಸ್ವಪ್ನ ಪಶ್ಯತಿ ತತ್ಸುಷುಪ್ತ ಸುಷುಪ್ತಸ್ಥಾನ ಏಕೀಭೂತ ಪ್ರಜ್ಞಾನಗನ ಮಾನಂದಮಯೋ ಆನಂದಭುಕ್ ಚೇತೋ ಮುಖ ಪ್ರಾಜ್ಞಸ್ತೃತೀಯ ಪಾದ ಯೇಷಸರ್ವೇಶ್ವರೇಷಸರ್ವಜ್ಞ ಯಂತರ್ಯಾಮಿ ಯೋನಿ ಸರ್ವಸ್ಯಪ್ರಭವಾಪ್ಯೋಹಿಭೂತಾಂಧಪ್ರಜ್ಞಂನಭಿಪ್ರಜ್ಞಂನೋಭೇದಪ್ರ
लास्ट क्लास वी स्टॉप्ड सांसिद्धिकी स्वाभाविकी सहजा अकृता च या प्रकृति सेती विज्ञेया स्वभावन न जहातिया सांसिद्धिकी सम्यक सिद्धि दैट मींस व्हाट हैज बीन अकंप्लिश्ड और एक्वायर्ड विथ स्पेशल मींस देन स्वाभाविकी बाय इनहेरेंट प्रॉपर्टीज Sahaja by inborn qualities, akrita which is not created, all these four forms yas which are the swabhavam which is becomes the swabhavam or intrinsic nature of or prakriti of anything. This is the four way in which prakriti is being defined by the, the traditional way. Prakriti is akrita that which cannot be created. because what is created can be lost sahaja means what is born along with it that is the nature of well by which it is it by by birth itself that qualities are inherent qualities are there in that person that is called sahaja swabhaviki is by inherent nature inherent and inborn are different inherent are the qualities which are uh, which are which are it, not exposed all the time but it is available as inherent in it it may not be expressive in nature whereas what are inborn can be seen always and samsiddhi is specially acquired during the creative creation and after the creation when it is being it is being acquired by special means of either by by you know by accomplishment the the four examples are the supernatural powers of the siddhas or the yogis and you know tapasvis who acquire animadi aushyaryam or we can even say that you know that accomplishment which has been done by individuals which becomes their second nature in the, in their lifetime the second one is which is called the inherent qualities or the intrinsic nature of the object like the heat of the fire heat and the light of the fire but the light need not be seen that is why it is called inherent but the presence of heat is indication of the presence of a light which is yet to be you know expressive in nature and then there is something which is by birth itself like for example uh, the the qualities of fish to fly you know survive in water birds to fly in air or amphibians to live both in um, you know land and water etc these are all qualities by birth itself and the natural tendency akrutas which are that you know uh, it is not created or the what is created will be always subject to laws but you know natural laws like the water flowing due to gravity to you know lower areas these are all what is called that akrita which is the, these are all the natures in which it is being divided so these are all the qualities which are of the prakriti and that can never prakritir anyato bhavo na katanjit bhavishyati once these qualities are being shown by any object or any creation it remains during the you know the lifetime of the created one
then goes to the 10th verse where it is said jaramarana nirmuktaha sarve dharma swabhavataha jaranam jarana maranam ichchantaha chivande tat manishena manishaya jarana marana nirmuktaha no sarve dharma dharma here means all jeevas so it is not the dharma dharma meaning here dharma here it stands for the jeeva sarve dharma means all jeevas swabhavataha by nature by their intrinsic quality jarana marana nirmuktaha they are free from birth and death they have no birth no death but if manishaya tachivande if somebody regards that i am born therefore i will have death therefore they are called the marana janamarana michandaha those who desire that they are born and their death is because they they think they are associated with the body which is created and therefore the janana marana of the body the growth the shadvigaras janma asti vriddhi parinama which apakshaya vinasha vinasha that is birth existence growth then transformation decay and death these are the six forms of uh, you know transformation of a body which has been created so if you associate with your the crane created body the physical body basically here is referring to that but it is only the mental imagination of because of the association of the body that i am the body we feel that we have a birth and a death and that's all that is because of chevante tat manishaya because they regard themselves as that by intellect or by thoughts and the verses 11 to 13 next three verses are to be taken together for understanding here gaudapata is refuting the standpoint of sankhya and nyaya and vaisheshika the two powerful theories that talked about in asatkarya vada of nyaya vaisheshika and satkarya vada of sankhya sankhya yoga asatkarya vada is is what is the nyaya is it? that is the the two between the two asatkarya vada is weaker because it has no real potency to challenge and satvadya between them is the stronger which is the one which we will i'll explain both of them separately and uh, asatkarya vada is a, for example asat means non there is no cause for it when a bangle is created out of gold a non existent bangle is born or a non existent bangle is created is it possible no the existent bangle need not be created because the the goldsmith must create a bangle which is separate and independent but that non existent bangle alone is nothing but the existent of the gold sat asat so the karya asat karya means there is no creation of the karya therefore it is asat karya a non existent bangle originates from an existing gold in this theory what is logical fallacy is the question is that there are no it is that it is against the yukti 
logic and there is no where is no where in the in the shruti that it is being accepted by the shruti doesn't accept it and why is it uh, against the logic because a non existent bangle if we say apart from the gold an existent gold cannot create a something which is non existent but when we say gold itself is the bangle that is not asatkaryavada please understand that what is asatkaryavada or non existent bangle is from create as per the nayayika they say that <coughs> sorry the bangle is non existent because what is existent is only gold therefore bangle is non existent is what they say and that is not logically right as per the simple logic as well as shruti also there is no supporting statement for it because from something which is existing and only what is existing can come from existence only existence can come so if the gold is existent what has come out as the bangle is also existent whether it is karya karana or cause and effect that we have to validate separately but you cannot say from an existent gold that non existent bangle has come but in the case of satkaryavada the non existent bangle never comes to be existence because there nothing new has been created this is what logically seems to be more valid the bangle bangle is something which is coming from the existing gold and nothing new existing non existent bangle can never come out of it and nothing new has been ever created the bangle was already existent in the gold but it was not being visible therefore the goldsmith does not create the bangle the bangle was already existing in the gold so there is no satka there is no there is no creation of a even existing gold bangle it was present in the gold itself as existence but the gold and the gold bar and the gold bangle are not two different things the question is the bangle all if the bangle is already existent in the in the form of gold then why should the goldsmith create the bangle but then what do we mean by the creation of bangle is really not a creation but it's only a transformation because the gold in the form of or the mud in the form of a lump has become a pot that is a transformation of the lump form to a form of the pot is a transformation or modification of the previous substance into a new configuration this new configuration is the name and the form of the new apparently new object but there is nothing which is apparent and separate from the first one the gold and the bangles are one and the same substance only or the mud and the pot is only one and the same substance only the creation here is only transformation or what is what you call parinama the transformation from the lump and the gold into a bangle form is what is called in in the case of you know transformation or parinama in satkaryavada nothing is produced as per the sankhya philosophy nothing is produced new and the creation is thus only a is a parinama now since nothing is produced 
കാരണം ആൻഡ് കാര്യം ആർ റിസെന്റ്ലി വൺ ആൻഡ് ദ സെയിം സബ്സ്റ്റൻസ് ഇൻ ടു ഡിഫറെന്റ് നെയിംസ് ആൻഡ് ഫോംസ് ദ ട്രീ കമ്മിങ് ഔട്ട് ഓഫ് സീഡ് ഈസ് നോട്ട് എ ക്രിയേഷൻ ഇറ്റ്സ് ഓൺലി എ പരിണാമ ഓർ എ ട്രാൻസ്ഫോർമേഷൻ ഫ്രം ദ അൺമാനിഫെസ്റ്റ് ട്രീ ബിക്കമിങ് മാനിഫെസ്റ്റ് ബിക്കോസ് ദ ട്രീ വാസ് പ്രസന്റ് ഇൻ ദ സീഡ് ഇൻ എ അൺമാനിഫെസ്റ്റ് ഫോം so the sankhya says that similarly the world has originated due to parinama or the transformation as a cause the world was appearing in the the kriya or the karya of the world was present in the karana of the ishvara or the prakriti the, the sankhya says prakriti the world is not produce something but is only a transformation cause which was in the form of of a prakriti in the previous condition the world has been produced by transformation from its cause which is prakriti which is existed before and the cause in the same of the world but not in the form of world but in the different form as prakriti prakriti the world the whole world is created or is a transformation from prakriti is what is the take take by the satkaryavadas and they also call it as a parinamavada and how does they how does they say that in the in the 11th verse they say that and gaudavada is you know challenging that karanam yasya vai karyam karanam tasya jayate jayamanam kadam ajam bhinnam nityam kadam tat yasya karanam karyam for whom the cause is identical with the effect but that is because the parinama both karya and karana are not two independent thing but it is the same thing appearing as another thing tasya karanam jayade the cause is born from him now how can you use the word form created jayate for the from the karyam jayamanam kadam ajam then how can the originating entity be from the unborn tad bhinnam kadam nityam cha how can it be different from the eternal thing here we have to ask the sankhya that the nature of prakriti is what where did the prakriti come from now you say from prakriti the world has come now the sankhya answer is that prakriti being mola prakriti or the original cause it cannot come from somewhere because that is the mola or that is the substratum or the basis and it is without a beginning therefore it is anadi it it doesn't have a adi or it is not created the prakriti is that in as you know in 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 the beginningless state from that from the that the world is coming out it has been there as prakriti always and is then the question should become then if the prakriti is there as, as anadi or with, from the beginningless indestructible is it destructible or not the sankhyavadi says that the prakriti cannot be destroyed because prakriti if prakriti is destroyed subsequent creation is also cannot happen therefore prakriti is only parinama in the form of a world or a transformation in the world so there therefore the destruction of a prakriti is not happening and the prakriti cannot be destroyed even though it is appearing it is coming transforming into the world format therefore prakriti is nityam according to the sankhyavadi prakriti is anadi anandam and nityam 
ನಾವು ಅನಾದಿ ಆನಂದಂ ನಿತ್ಯಂ ಆಫ್ ಮೂಲ ಪ್ರಕೃತಿ ಈಸ್ ವಾಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಇನ್ವಾಲ್ವಿಂಗ್ ಇನ್ ಟು ಕ್ರಿಯೇಷನ್ ಆಸ್ ವಿ ದಟ್ ದಟ್ ಲಾಜಿಕಲ್ ಫ್ಯಾಲಸಿ ಈಸ್ ನಾಟ್ ಅಂಡರ್ಸ್ಟುಡ್ ವೆನ್ ವಿತ್ ದೀಸ್ ಟೈಮ್ ಫಾರ್ ವರ್ಡ್ಸ್ ಆರ್ ಬೀಯಿಂಗ್ ಯೂಸ್ ನೌ ಅನಾದಿ ಅನಂತಂ ಅನಿತ್ಯಂ ಅಂಡ್ ಆಲ್ ದರ್ ಇಸ್ ಎ ಲಾಜಿಕಲ್ ಫ್ಯಾಲಸಿ ಹಿಡನ್ ಇನ್ ದಟ್ ಸ್ಟೇಟ್ಮೆಂಟ್ ದಟ್ ಅಲೋನ್ ಈಸ್ ವಾಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಬೀಯಿಂಗ್ ಸೆಡ್ ಇನ್ ದಿಸ್ ವರ್ಡ್ಸ್ ಇಫ್ ಪ್ರಕೃತಿ ಈಸ್ ಅನಾದಿ ಆನಂದಂ ಅಂಡ್ ನಿತ್ಯಂ ದಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಬಿಗಿನಿಂಗ್ ಲಸ್ ಇನ್ಫಿನಿಟ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಎಟರ್ನಲ್ ಇಟ್ ವಿಲ್ ನಾಟ್ ಬಿ ಸಬ್ಜೆಕ್ಟ್ ಟು ಎನಿ ಚೇಂಜ್ ಇಟ್ ವಿಲ್ ಬಿ ಲೈಕ್ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮನ್ then what you say prakriti is not different from what we say as brahman you say no prakriti is different purusha atma is different that multiple atma is there and when multiple atma transformed into prakriti each atma associated with prakriti becomes a jiva this is how sankhya talks about it then how can the prakriti has to be uh, anadi anandam and nityam then prakriti has to be nirvikalpam or nirvikaram if that is anadi anandam and uh, nityam then it is nirvikaram because vikaram the transformation is not possible that is the fallacy in your statement then how can it become evolve, become in evolve in itself into the universe and uh, the undergo the change of transformation into become the world therefore there is a fallacy in in your statement that prakriti cannot be anadi anandam nityam yet become the world by you know transformation adha parinama vada what you what is you are talking about is what gaudapada is challenging in the 11th verse in the 12th verse he is taking on the, the second fallacy of the same thing karanat ananyatvam yad karanat ananyatvam ataha karyam ajam tava jayamanat hi vaid ಕಾರ್ಯಕಾರಣಾಕ್ಸೆಪ್ಟೆಡ್ಸ್ if the cause is not different from the effect is which is born te karanam kadam duvam then how can you how can it be eternal for you if there is a karyam and karanam separate from that then one has to be limiting the other there cannot be eternal for the karyam karanam and kadam how can it become the this thing so in the 12th verse what gaudapada is actually taking is on their fallacy is that according to satkaryavada karanam and karyam are essentially the same they say that both the cause and effect is nothing but the same the cause itself is appearing as effect one and the same substance is called karanam in the prior condition and karyam at a later condition the conditions are changing but the substance the karyam is the same thing now for example an iceberg melted into water and the same of water is called karanam when it solidifies becoming an ice ice liquid if the ice cubes are produced from the water then list karanam and karyam they are not separate both are in water thus they argue that both are different conditions but the substance is the same 
So Gaudapada is not accepting that. That is not the way in which the you have to accept the world because he want to prove that ajam, ajati. There is no real creation is being. What all these things are being is is being taken by Gaudapada in stage by stage. If prakriti is a karanam and prapancha is a karyam, so prakriti and prapancha are essentially the same substance, which means the essential nature must be one and the same. He is asking, Gaudapada is asking this uh, Sankhya saying, according to the Sarkari Vata, Prakriti is Ajam and Nityam, unborn and eternal and the world is Jadam and Anityam. How can this contradictory thing that the cause is unborn, eternal and uh, the world is, you know, Jadam and Jatam let us say born, unborn and born, what is eternal and this is anityam, is you know, ephemeral. Now this question can become then if both karyam and karanam are not different but only conditions are different, then how do you say that these differences, how do you justify these two? But what he said is that prakriti is ajam and nityam whereas the prapancha is jadam and nityam, thus karya karana aikya or the equation between the karya and karana cause and effect does not tally because they become two different things because one is, one is ajam, one is unborn, other is jatam which is created and the cause is eternal and therefore the, and then the, you say the world is anityam because it is chanabanguram or it is only for a limited period of time. So, these thing, two things is the second fallacy of it. So then he, he takes on to the third, third and the fourth fallacies are together taken in the thirteenth verse. Ajato jayate yasya drishtanda tasya nasti vai jatascha jayamanasya navak vyastata prasajyate. Yasya ajatehe jayate tasya drishtanda nasti vai. There is no example for him, for the, for the Sankhya, for whom the effect is born out of the unborn cause. A birth, a creation real taking place from a cause. You cannot, there is no drishtanda. Jata cha jayamanasya na vyastada prasijade. There will be infinite regress if you accept this one word that if the cause is becoming again the cause for another creation, the cause gave rise to a creation and then that creation is the cause for the subsequent creation. If this, if this parampara or if this series is being continued, then it is an, there will be an infinite regress and which cannot be accepted. What does, how does we can explain this? The fourth and fifth, for, for the for third and fourth fallacies in the thirteenth verse is that when logic is used, there should be always an example to prove it. There is no example where there is a where there is smoke, there is fire, there is thing. If smoke is seen in the place, then one say logically there must be fire. This is the logic which we normally use. This logic can be applied because fire is experienced wherever there is smoke. That is a, there is a, that is, that is where experience that fire is the cause for the smoke. Based on that experience alone, we have developed the idea that there is 
smoke and wherever there is smoke there is fire that is because we are seeing that effect cause and effect that in our experience every karanam itself is a karya as per gaudavada what he says that every karanam itself is a karyam every karanam that we experience itself is born out of a karanam this is our experience that is the cause is a reason from which an effect is coming therefore the seed is the karanam for the tree but but is a karyam for the previous by karyam by the previous tree now if you take the parampara infinite regress one tree gives rise to a seed which is a cause again for another tree so that second tree becomes a karyam so karanam and karyam beginning so if the prakriti is karanam there must be karyam for some previous thing which should be the cause for the prakriti we cannot accept prakriti is anadi or prakriti of the sankhya as eternal because in a, if you are accepting there is a cause and effect then only we are talking about if you are not accepting there is a cause and effect we have no argument but if sankhya says the prakriti is a cause and the ka effect prapancha or the world is an effect then just as we are what we see fire fire is the cause and the smoke is a fire there therefore we conclude the cause and the fire relationship if you are saying that way prakriti is the cause and prapancha is the world and then prapancha should become the cause for something else or there should be if you go backward the prakriti should be an effect of some other cause so if the if this is the if prakriti is the karanam it cannot be anadi that is the fallacy of the prakriti being anadi and the world being being jatap the the fourth fallacy which he is bringing is that avoid <clears throat> so the sankhyas are not uh, not ordinary people they say that that prakriti has got a karanam if that prakriti has got a karanam then the karanam must have a karanam and so on so the prakriti cannot be moola karanam and satkaryavada is acceptable for creation within the world like gold bangle and ornaments etc but when it comes to prakriti and prapancha the satkaryavada has got a several logical loopholes because of its definition of prakriti not logically convincing because in if it you are saying tree seed tree seed tree or chicken egg chicken egg that's infinite thing you may say is anadi is only saying that you don't know who is the first cause for the first chicken or the first egg but you are seeing it from an intermediate period and there you are seeing the cause and effect but you cannot pinpoint that prakriti which is your pet idea as prakriti is the moola karanam is which is anadi and from there this karya karana shrinkala or the chain of cause and effect is coming out but the first one doesn't have a cause how can it be accepted that this is not logically convincing is it therefore both satkaryavada and asatkaryavada have got logical fallacies and it doesn't stand the logic both are wrong 
and the world therefore godabada affirms again therefore the world has never been created the world has never been created and it is not there then what has been created he says nothing has been created who says there is a creation all three theories of creation are wrong because creation has really not happened ajatam that is the only reality in all the condition brahman is the only reality or brahman turiya is the only reality it has never become a world that is what he he is insisting on that so in the 14th verse he says that yesham hedo phalam aadi hedo raadi phalam yesham aadir hedu phalasya cha hedo phalasya chaanaadi kadam tahi tahi ur ur uparvarnyate uparvarn upavarnyate yesham hedo phalam aadi sam hold that the effect is the origin of the cause aadi hedu phalasya cha the cause is the origin for the effect that is cause and effect he is that some of the people here he is going to take on to the the shruti pramanam itself he is going to challenge the vedas itself in the veda it is said that some hold means here he is talking about the vedas effect that the origin is the cause and the cause is the origin of the effect then how can be a beginningless and the cause and effect can be accepted by them now here onwards we have to i'll just go through the each of the verses and then we will take all of them together the 15th verse says that hete heto radi phalam yesham adir hetu palasya cha tada janma bhavet esham putra janma pitrujyada some hold that the effect is the origin and the cause and effect is the origin of the effect for them the birth will be exactly like the birth of the father out of a son like here what he is saying that the father is the cause for the birth of a son but in their saying that then you know, the origin of the cause and the cause of the origin to the effect that cause and effect the second effect, the effect becomes the cause for the origin so the fa- the, the son becomes the cause for the father but if you are taking the shrinkala or the seed like the the chicken and the egg or the, the tree and the seed then it is a the fallacy of the satkaryavada which we have already refuted then comes the 16th verse sambhave hedu phalor yete bhavishyatyavya kramastvatyadaya yugapat sambhave yasmat sambando vishanavat now here there are some in the verses in the veda yugapat srishti is being told yugapat means instant creation the example given by them is that the moment we wake up the jiva is also experiencing the jiva the world is also experiencing the world the world is also experience so both the jiva and the jagat the world and the individual are created simultaneously so if the birth of the cause and effect accepted as the order found not found you and these they are simultaneous there will be no cause effect relationship then in such case you cannot say that the cause and effect are the same and it will be 
like the two horns of a cow example is that both one horn is the cause for the another horn that cannot be accepted that was how the in the old text they have refuted that you know that one horn and both the horns are born simultaneously so you don't we don't accept one horn being the cause for the 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 other horn to be there so that way if you cannot say the the birth of the cause and effect is accepted their order has to be found out they have to there if the cause and effect means it is a time bound thing you cannot say it is instantaneous the cause and effect can come out instantaneously and therefore it cannot be simultaneously you have to find out what is the prior and what is the subsequent one that then only we can say cause and effect the effect cannot be pre preceding the cause and the any culture even not even simultaneously then it is not cause because both cause and effect cannot take birth simultaneously phalad udyamana yan sante hedu prasidhyati अप्रसिद्ध कदम हेतु फलम उत्पद्यूसिटी the born out of the effect the cause has given rise to an effect now born out of the effect the cause is not established you cannot establish the cause the mud is the cause the the mud the pot is the effect the, so the mud cannot be the cause from the effect because effect is subsequent and the cause is prior to that so therefore you cannot say the effect is producing the cause no because we you know in some some argument they say that we call it as a cause because of the effect we see it in the pot the ornaments are seen as an effect therefore we call it as the cause for the effect ornament as gold as a cause for it therefore the the cause name or nomenclature on gold goes because the ornaments are seen as a effect see these are all very flimsy arguments by some uh, some group of people they say the nomenclature of cause is born because the effect is a reality and therefore we attribute the nomenclature of cause on to the cause from which it has taken shape therefore the lump of mud lump of clay gets the nomenclature of cause for the pot because pot is a effect and it has got lump lump clay in it so the effect has to have a cause for it though so seeing the effect we attribute the nomenclature onto the cause so that is how it is say then the 18th shloka yadi hedo phalat siddhi phala siddhischa hetutah कतरा पूर्व निष्पन्न यक्षया 
time aspect also you cannot attribute the he is refuting the earlier earlier statement that you cannot say that because you are seeing the effect you are giving the nomenclature of cause to the mud so then whether the the mud was from uh, created earlier or the cause became earlier came earlier or the effect came earlier which one will you accept it so there also you cannot you cannot you are depending upon the effect to define the this thing so the dependency comes that comes as a subsequent event in time not before if you are using this method ashakti aparijnanam krama kramakopa athava punaha evam hi sarvada buddhai rajadi paridipitah so your inability to reply amounts to the ignorance of the violation of all these orders thus ajatam birthlessness is revealed by thinkers by all means so gaudapada is in between in giving a uh, his standpoint said in any method if you look at it there is no way you can define your statements of your inability to the cause and effect now this we will see that why it is saying that in the in the, in the explanation much later because bijangara next shloka is that bijangura kyo drishtanta sada sadhya samo ihi saha nahi sadhya samo hedu siddhev sadhyasya yujyate now the well known example of the speed and proud is to be yet to be proved an example which is proved is not at all for establishing such a thing to be proved man why does they say seed example seed and sprout is to be proved because seed and sprout are not actually really a cause and effect the seed doesn't remain as a seed the moment sprout is gone is born the seed cause is totally destroyed the seed loses its seed status only what is remaining is the sprout so a cause and an effect is that is that to be proved that that is a cause and effect or whether we should go by the sangya philosophy or is it a transformation the cause and effect is one way of looking at it or whether it is a transformation is not yet proved because transformation we have already refuted the parinamavada we have already refuted so the speed and speed and spout cannot be proved we as a parinama and example which is not yet proved and that therefore we cannot accept even that then in the 21st this thing purva purvapara parijnanam अजाते परिदीपकं जायमानाथी वै धर्मोत्कतं पूर्वं न ग्राह्यते गृह्यते पूर्वपरिज्ञान पूर्वापरपरिज्ञानम् अजातेह द बर्थलेसनेस अजातेह इज ड्यू टू द इग्नोरेंस ऑफ द इज इज बीइंग पॉइंटेड आउट बाय द इग्नोरेंस बिकॉज़ यू डोंट नो अजाति देयरफॉर यू आर रिफ्यूजिंग दैट यू नो पूर्वापरबंधम और द the sequential order of order of cause and effect because you are not able to see the ajatam or the birthlessness in the in this prakriya in the system jayamanaadhi vai dharmat kadam purvanna grihyate 
then how is it that the you know which exists before the originating entity how you cannot you cannot grasp it that is not birth taking place is what is to be understood the ignorance in order to pointer to the birthlessness how is it that you know which exists prior to originating entity is not known to you how do you not see the ajatam because if you have seen ajadam then you would not have accepted this the sequence of the birth and death so then to conclude two more verses he concludes this is standard swato va parato vaapi na kinjit jayate sadasat sadvaapi na kinjit jayate there is nothing is born either by itself or by caused by anything other nothing is born which is existent or non existent or both existent and non existent in all the explanations which law examples which you have used there is no proof that there is anything really taking birth from a cause and an effect is being therefore hetur na jayate anade phalam cha bi swabhavatah anadir vidyadya yasya tasya hyai anadir vidyate the cause is not born out of a beginningless effect that statement which we said the beginningless effect anadi anadi prakriti from that there is a cause is not born effect is also not born out of a beginningless cause neither the cause a prakriti becoming a cause now here the cause and effect he is not talking about the prakriti and everything here he is talking about the ishvara and the ishura and the kajya karana karma and etc of the veda that is what is is in his mind so that is why there is no way you can effect is also not born out of the original as both are not born they both are ever, never ever born by themselves also so for that which is you know, no cause and effect at all is thing now in this portion from 13 14th verse to 23rd gaudapada points that even the theory of creation presented in the vedas that is not ultimately acceptable the theory of vaidika shastra prakriya srishti prakriya vaidika srishti prakriya he himself is a veda vaidika and he is in the traditional of gurus but he has the courage and boldness to say that even the theory of creation that is given in the veda will not be accepted ultimately and it has to be appreciated if you really want to know the truth the truth is even beyond the vedas if the vedas srishti prakriya or the, the the methodology of the creation in the veda is also is only a what you call he calls it as a adhyaropa apavada prakriya that is like solving a you know equation we add an x into it and then when x becomes zero you get the answer that is the prakriya which the vedas are using for create for explaining the creation and if you one if you have really understood the vedas method of adhyaropa apavada and that prakriya or that methodology if it is understood clearly you will know that vedas are also talking not talking about the same thing only there is never a creation 
The Gaudava condition in the Veda has presented the three is called Adhyaropa Apavada, which is to be accepted temporarily for the initial understanding and getting out of our you know clutch of you know reality to the world of experiences. From to get out of that, we need to take this uh, the, the temporarily we take the Vedic method of Srishti Kriya. So what, how does the Veda talk about the creation? The Veda's method of explaining the, this thing creation is Karma Karyavada. Karma Karyavada means Karma. And Karya is the effect. What is the law of Karma? This is what is called in English we can call it as law of Karma. Now here Gaudavada wishes to show that this law, there are six logical fallacies with the karma karyavada there is karma karyavada is not really doesn't stand the logic at all but accept it temporarily till you get out of your you know hang-ups on the world of a reality of experiences and that one should circumspect about these points and people who are not used to the vedanta and who are new to vedanta will find it difficult to digest these statements. Therefore, Gaudapada suggests six possibilities explaining and six possibilities as per the Veda and he refutes all the six one by one. Each one of them showing that they are not logically possible. Since all six possibilities are refuted, Karmakaryavada is not tenable at all as per Gaudapada. He wants to prove that, you know, that it's a temporary thing when you are doing a karya, no, no, karma yoga or a yoga siddhanta which you want to do it. That time you can accept it for the time being, but it is ultimately not tenable at all. Let us look one by one. First one is karma is the cause, mula karanam of sharira and the body which is representative of, of the entire creation. That is karma first theory. The first is karma and then the sharira due to that karma. The first option that karma is the mula karanam for the universe. And Gaudabhada says this is not correct because karma which is causing, which is giving result to punya and papa, that good results and the bad results itself can only out of some sharira. Because to do karma, you need a sharira before that. Without a ashariri, if you are not a without a body, you cannot do karma. Therefore, the generation of punya and papa is not possible. So, good deeds and bad deeds is not possible without a sharira. Therefore, karma first and then the karma giving rise to body is not acceptable. Even Bhagavan cannot create Punya Papa to generate bodies from. No, that is what Gaudapada is refuting that. You know, even Ishwara cannot generate Punya and Papa without a Sharira. Otherwise, he will be seen as partial because the world is full of inequalities and, uh, you know, disparities and differentialities. The world cannot produce Punya Papa because the world is inert or the world cannot produce a, a, a Punya and Papa because it is Jada. 
only a living body can is required for an action which is resulting in the punya and papa therefore karma cannot be the mula karanam for the it 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 sharira without sharira you cannot do any karma okay then let us say take sharira is the mula karanam or the root cause or the the fundamental cause for the karma body first theory here what happens is that if ishura gives the jiva a body freely at his whims and fancies at a time when a first sharira is being created every every body will have a zero karma to start with there will not be any karma to begin with therefore the karma account starts and the question here will be what type of body will bhagwan or ishura give to each jiva because the 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 rule is that due to the good call it good karmas and good bad actions the type of body is being given by the creator ishwara is what is the theory says now if we are taking that body is first with zero karma then every body should be having equality and there should not be any disparity all things in the world should be identical but with that such a thing is not possible is not happening the bodies have to be decided by the karma and the karma is absent zero at the first stage bhagwan cannot give body to anyone because the first very body is based on karma even ishara is incapable of giving a body to anyone because there is no method which he can decide which body should be given therefore shariram cannot be the mula cause for the uh, for the effect for the sharira now let us take yugapat srishti which we explained in the one of the earlier verse that is being explained here in detail both karma and sharira originate simultaneously like two horns of a cow growing simultaneously which we have seen that it is impossible the third option of karma and sharira originating simultaneously this is not valid because if they originate simultaneously there cannot be a cause and effect relationship between them one has to be before to be the twin brothers cannot have the same cause and effect for each other because both the bodies are there both the bodies have different karmas and then their effect of life is different therefore we cannot accept that this is simultaneously is also not possible or is it a viable prakriya which is the vedic thing then the, let us look at the fourth proposal from the vedic you know there are this these are all there in the vedas by different uh, you know methodologies they have mentioned it at a different times karma and sharira are mutually cause and effect karma is born out of shariram and shariram is born out of karma this is exactly what was there in the earlier the tree and the seed or the seed and the tree that example which was in the that verse is being explained here that gaudabada says that this is never possible between two things if one is a cause and the other is an effect they cannot reverse the roles because the cause cannot become the effect and the effect cannot become the cause they cannot reverse the role an effect is always different from the cause the cause is prior in time and effect and the birth and all and it has got 
more than what the effect has got because the create the 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 gold when it is converted into an ornament you will we will invariably see that the not the entire gold is converted for the ornament so there will be something left out in the gold which is not converted into ornament same way the cause and effect there will be effect will be always having something less in either quality or matter or any other aspect some of the aspect which is there in the cause which is not 100% transferred there the cause itself doesn't mutate itself into the effect 100% that is not possible for like he is giving here the example is rama is born out of dasharatha and but dasharatha cannot be born out of rama again therefore these type of you know the cause and effect dependency for the cause and effect for mutual for mutual creation to become mutually cause and effect is not possible the karma and sharira fifth one is that the fifth and sixth are slightly more tougher to refute but let us look into that the karma and sharira are part of a long series you know infinite regress series karma sharira karma sharira sharira karma like that in so on the shariram has come out of a karma that karma has come out of the previous shariram and that some other shariram like that previous 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 if you go that what happens is that we come to a state of there is an infinite regress so it is there is there is, what what happens is that this series of create there is a series of creation gaudabada says that this formulation is not valid because in this particular series you get an endless infinite series without a beginning the first cause is never known you cannot say anirvachaniya or even anadi the series will have infinite regress with no finality and the final answer cannot be given because every answer lead you will still have you can what is the cause for it or what is the effect for it if you are going to the back side what is the cause for it you can keep on asking you will never find an answer or if you are going towards the result side what is the effect and that effect becomes a cause then what is the further cause you can either effect in either way in either direction you get into an infinite regress so one can never talk about the find out what is the root cause there is nothing called a root cause for a such a series because it is infinite regress in nature how did the particular tree come out cannot be answered because the tree has to have a seed that seed will have to have a tree like this which is a and this and this is the fundamental original conundrum for the any any philosophy because this root cause that is why even in the science you know you cannot say that they are saying the big bang as the beginning of the world but where did the big bang happen which space and time it happened no space and time was not there space and time was created after the big bang so without space and time where did the big bang take place that cannot they can be answered so there there will be a a problem of the originality of any event happening in time or in causation and the sixth one is karma sharira series and it is an anadi again the question of the question of original cause 
itself is wrong because the series is infinite in nature. And how can this question be being at the beginning can be asked? According to Vedic theory, creation is anadi, karma and anadi karma series. It's an anadi karma series, karma karyana series. Sarira and karma are infinites in series. Gaudabada says that this this is fine up to a particular period of time. Do you are looking intermediate period? There is a utility for that infinite series, but it is not answering our fundamental question of what is the root cause for our experiences. Our experiences, we can say cause and effect. It is time bound. Time and space is there. Where did the time and space started or what are the like that cause and effect? You, we cannot say. So it is useful for initial stages of study of Veda where karma yoga, rupasana, etc. Uh, you need a cause and effect you can explain. But when when they go out of that, grow out of the karma yoga and rupasana yoga and they move towards jnana yoga, the theory is not satisfactory because they are, there are a lot of logical fallacies in it. And these two fallacies uh, talked about Gaudapada and asked the question. When you talk about anadik series, what does it mean? It means beginningless karma or with a beginningless kar sharira and says that this is, what is this beginningless, what you are talking about? <coughs> are you talking about adjective of sharira or adjective of karma? Which is the beginninglessness? If which this beginningless to whom does it belong to? Either the sharira is should be beginningless or the karma karma should be beginningless. Which is anadi in your case? Gaudavada is asking this to the the you know those who are steadfast on the Vedic thing, karma and sharira and this thing, punya papa. Basically, the what you call the Purva Mimamsa thing. So he is saying that it is not acceptable because Shariram is caused by the previous karma and it cannot be, therefore Anadi cannot go with the Sharira. Nor can the go with the karma. <coughs> so what are, there is no such thing as called a series other than individual members, the individual sharira and individual karana, karma by the individual sharira. There is nothing called anadi. So the birthlessness cannot be a statement. Anadi cannot be used as an adjective for either for the sharira or for the karma. But it is only a nomenclature which is used for just like, you know, what he example he says is that you know, mix a basket of fruits that, you know, basket of fruits or the fruit salad or whatever may be the some mixed, the, the Sanskrit is, example is different. So I cannot use the Sanskrit because we don't come across in our day to day life. So what it is says that assuming that you are having a fruit salad. Now, fruit salad is not a uh, indi independent fruit. It is a 
name given to a situation or a condition where mix of fruits are added together and you call it as a salad as a word only but there is nothing called a independent salad without the fruits same way we cannot say this anadi without karma or sharira because karma and sharira are independent thing and they cannot be anadi by default because they have a beginning they have an end so they cannot be anadi so you cannot say anadi karma karana sharira is the series which you can say so grammatically also is is not possible then there is one more serious fallacy in the whole thing to be understood very carefully what he says is that it is actually he is explaining this in the subsequent verse number 30 but uh, we have to bring it here for completing this ex explanation if karma series is without a beginning what is called anadi will be ananta also that is what godapada says that brahman is anadi and ananda what cannot be created cannot be destroyed also in that case if karma series is ananda and or uh, endless it has to be anadi also so therefore what happens is that moksha which is part of the vedic belief that you know freedom from samsara or freedom from the entanglement of the the appearance and experience cycle that there is no chance for that because what happens is the karma cycle will never end and therefore no moksha can happen because what is the keyson is that anadi what they say is that anadi karma sharira acts is there but it can end one day gaudabada says that line is argument is not a is a problem because that which is as a beginning has an end one which begins will have an end because it is time bound when the samsara ends the end of samsara will mark the beginning of moksha and if the moksha is a has a beginning as a time bound thing when the samsara and the moksha takes place then gaudabada says that such a moksha which has a beginning will also have a end therefore the cycle of samsara moksha samsara moksha will continue there will not be nitya mukta that is that eternal freedom from this you know ignorance will not happen how can veda prescribe srishti which is moksha is possible because if time bound moksha is a time bound thing after the end of samsara and the beginning of moksha the beginning if it is time bound there will be an end also therefore the origin that srishti what is moksha then it's only understanding that srishti is not in in gaudabaza's language what he says that then what is moksha is not a end of samsara and beginning of moksha it is only an understanding that srishti is not a reality in all three periods of time there was no creation there is no need of ending the samsara no beginning of moksha no end of moksha because in all three periods the reality what was explained is nitya shuddha buddha mukta swabhava that is the reality of the whole thing therefore the origination of world has to be negated under all circumstances there is no logical 
you know method in which you can create that the world has really created existence of the world has to be negated therefore because origination is not possible therefore the creation the existence of the world is also not possible appearance of the world has to be accepted because the appearance is because of not knowing that world has no origination the world has not really created that is the reason there is an appearance of the world and appearance giving rise to an experience which is also not real but when it is being when it is not understood it may appear to be real and this is because of the avidya which is a non non apprehension of the reality so you can also call it as maya once we understand that the world is mithya or not it is a appearance and giving rise to an experience i can claim that i have been all the time not ever under the clutch of avidya because avidya is something which was not there because the world was not created therefore not knowing the world doesn't arise and not know, not knowing the world doesn't arise means the experiences also have to be negated because the world appearing as an appearance also has no reality so there is no need to work for moksha also na muktaha na bandaha na none of these things are all valid for the the real in you know, the person who has understood that ajatam is the reality so i one should understand that i am satyam nitya mukta and the world is appearance will never affect my moksha this appearance have no reality because the world has really not even for appearance it is not there even appearance is a is due to ignorance and once you know the reality the appearance also will go this is the gaudabada sajadivada and to conclude this what it is say that karma is also an appearance shariram also is an appearance because of the ignorance of the world because the shariram and karma is part of the world they are appearances for whom the one who is a sakshi so i am able to see the sharira and the karma etc as never touching me because they are all part only as appearance i have only one understood understand them that i am never i was never the sharira i was never embodied to any particular body therefore i don't have to be freed from those bondages or the karma of that body this this is what is the one thing which gaudavada is saying that later gaudavada will discuss one more point if vedic theory of creation is not a fact why did veda comprise the ved fact and talk about creation if veda if that is the interest is thing if that why is veda telling a lie is veda telling it uh, a lie no it is a deliberate compromise because a person cannot accept the idea of no creation in the beginning itself because he is so engrossed in the experience and the reality of the experiences therefore for him that is we term it as samsara this apprehension of experiences as reality is the samsara to and to take you out of that samsara you are given the 
adhyaropa or superimposition of the creation of the sharira and karana and take you out of this and when you pariksha lokan karma jitan brahmana nirveda maya nasya krutakrutena which we studied that a stage will come that all this karma sharira everything was only to take me out of my by steadfastness to the experiences being real and with the moment i real that there, there was no never really a birth for me never i am born na jayate na mriyate va kadachit nayam bhutva bhavishava vanabhuya ajo nitya shashyudo yam puranah na hanyate hanyamane sharire when krishna says that he is referring to the same thing which gaudapada sapava ajavadavada is telling that so this adhyaropa apavada and the veda is initially only to take you out of our uh, no steadfastness to the experiences being real only when you know that there really i was never born there was never birth for me what i am only the witness to these events and that is eshas devasya swabhava it is the nature of awareness things to come in awareness and appear and disappear in awareness the appearance and disappearance disappearance of the objects in the awareness i call it as cause and effect and the cause and effect is nothing but appearances and if it is giving right to experiences those experiences are also appearances like it is in, it is not real and the moment you realize that then there is no samsara there is no moksha no muktaha na na bandur na mukti na nothing all those na veda etra veda aveda bhavati everything that the whole theory of the veda also is only for releasing you so that is a method of adhyaropa apavada used by the vedas not for really giving you to believe it in the creation and the, the process of creation so that is how it i'll stop it today and from the 24th verse we will take up in the friday's class let us see how the question answer session goes om purnamada purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate purnasya purnamadaya purnameva vashishyate शांति 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 हरि श्री गुरुभ्यो नमः हरि थैंक यू धन्यवाद वन क्लारीफिकेशन यू नो दिस अर्लियर इन द मांडुक्य द अपीयरेंस एंड एक्सपीरियंस वर्ल्ड टेकन एट इन थ्री डिफरेंट स्टेट्स एंड क्लासिफाइड एज देवस्य स्वभाव and simultaneously we are also saying appearance and experience is also due to ignorance so if it is so then devasya swabhava is also you know of ignorance devasya swabhava is the adhyaropa bhavada part of it we are superimposing as it is a swabhava of the deva so that you start with that that is why it it was given in the first chapter itself really speaking there is no swabhava for it how can there be a swabhava for the nirguna nirakara avyaya avyavahara brahma so bindu ji you know because this is the beginning then you know um, 
we need to reconcile this whole you know appearance and experience itself that you know should we negate the devasasva bhava because you know jivasasva bhava is more the individual and you know with a wrong understanding hence you know if you sequence it because appearance and experience led to the concept of time because the experience keep changing constantly hence the gap between experience uh, lead to perception of time number one now that you know in time cause and effect you know is an extended concept you know that's built on it right then we have the theory of karma you know karya karana you know desha kala karya karana sambandha is also established and the theory of creation everything is else is built that is you know because of the we built on a wrong foundation hence the creation is totally taken out but the foundation itself is the devasa swabhava that itself is discounted by gaudapada right not the mandukya upanishad itself no no mandukya upanishad also diffuses it is there any reference to that you know devasa swabhava itself yes that is just comes that is there in the seventh mantra no avyavaharyam prapanchopashamam that avyavaharyam prapanchopashamam is is for the one who having a trouble no that is where that venkat uh, you have to understand that in the absolute in the reality from that point of view it has never become many there is no no there turiyam other than turiyam there is nothing okay and if you if you are having an appearance and experience you take it as a swabhava to begin with but when you realize that the appearance itself is experience itself is not real because appear it is because of appearance and appearance itself is not real because it is not really appearing as many there is only one yatra tu sarvam atmaiva bhut tatra kenakam pasyet sure so there no nobody giving it a reality whether reality or not you will know that from the point of view absolute there cannot be a creation there cannot be any experience how can one there is when there is only one there can be an experience in that absolute oneness can oneness experience something other than itself so can you go call it as an experience it is impossible to use a word to describe that state no this is understood uh, you know binoji xp you know the one who recognized that absolute perfect then it is part of the same reality which is how can it be part no it is not even a part it is bhaga i think you know you can call it as a bhaga you can't how can how can then how can it be bhaga if that is only one <laughs> no, i think we, we can't use it use that word bhaga 
that appearance and experience is the swabhava of you know that, that is when you when you think that the experience is real no i'm not thinking experience real either then you analyze your experience if it is not real what you call it as you don't put a you know a picture to it or shape to it nothing then why do you only call it as experience it is to express what is going on that means you are accepting something is going on <laughs> <laughs> so you know i think it is very difficult to fathom that see you know, i know it is difficult to fathom if if you are able, if you are looking from the point of our appearance and experiences even if you accept that experience is from the experience and appearance has no reality to shake out from that state to a state of oneness where there is nothing other than that and there is no experience no appearance ekameva dvitiyam brahma yatra na anya pasyadi na anya dvijanaadi na anya shrunoti these type of status or the state of achievement is possible only when it becomes absolutely your being that there is no creation no experience no appearance all that is is aham nitya muttak swabhav there is nothing other than that it is worth uh, you know contemplate little more thank you uh bindoji i always find that there seems to be some kind of conflation of means and ends so if this approach is seen as a method which is why you have to bring up the existence of appearance if we bring up the existence of appearance we then we have to say how did this appearance happen then when we say how did this appearance happen we say it's because of maya or it is because of avidya or it's because of our ignorance right that is the means that we use so we we use some word maya right then we say that this maya doesn't exist is actually this ignorance doesn't exist right so what i'm saying is that if we actually because the way i see it is that this is a statement of truth as posited by godapada and a method that is posited by godapada uh, of truth because it's a language that he has used for to express and then a technique to express that which is the language obviously can't express that which is inexpressible as you just said right then we come to method if we come to method and let's stick with the method and not not jump to the final truth but say there is appearance so then we say what is the cause of appearance if we say the cause of appearance is maya or avidya or whatever or ignorance right then we have to explain what is the origin of this maya but when we start to say that then we go back to but it doesn't exist you see the logical fallacy 
that is happening there i mean to me it seems a contradiction in terms of a a sound logical coherent philosophy right? that is exactly what gaudapata is saying if you go from bottom up if you accept that you need an explanation for the experience appearance and the feeling of individuality and life birth death etc etc that is a bottom up your approach and then you will be looking for explanation for that because you are already assumed those are realities and you need an answer for that and when that is not a reality and it is actually not there the veda uses the method of explaining it as a temporary phenomena for called a ignorance means non apprehension of the reality which is not maya non apprehension of the reality is agrahana or anyada grahana due to agrahana so agrahana means non and non apprehension anyada grahana means misapprehension so when when you are using these two aspect the combined force of non apprehension and the misapprehension put together is given the word maya and that the definition for maya is that which is not there because maya is not something which has got a beginning or an end no it that which is which is not there but for a combined effect of non apprehension and misapprehension put together is what is called maya and this non apprehension is of what the truth misapprehension is what the appearance and the experiences the misapprehension of appearance and experiences having a reality is born out of non apprehension of the fact of the reality which has never got an appearance and experiential as separate or entity there is only one and one there is not nothing called experience which is separate from it if at all if you want to call it as an experience or if you are calling it as an experience you should you are mistaking it for something other than the reality you are experiencing your yourself you are experiencing your own experiences or your own thing everything is in in that one you are the nature your your reality is nothing but awareness and everything which is being experienced is in awareness and when you are experiencing awareness in experiencing awareness if you feel that there is something called a duality that is a that is what is called the ignorance but if you know that there is no duality what is my nature is also the same awareness of everything which i am experiencing as a, a objects there is nothing called separate object separate subject the subject object separation itself is a is a non standing or as a fallacy because of non understanding the reality because they are all nothing but awareness and once you have once you establish in that awareness what you see is only being awareness not even seeing or experiencing awareness you become awareness and in that one you don't experience anything you don't see anything you don't hear anything all that is that you are mere ex, mere awareness i am using the word awareness because the sanskrit word is bodham not chai, not chit which is the indicative word for awareness or the chaitanya 
so i don't want to use the word consciousness i am using consciously the word awareness is because it's easy to for us to uh, you know shift to our own nature if when i talk awareness the moment i use the word consciousness the think will be that you know it is it will be taken as something as something other than me i don't want that to happen so for that purpose i am using the word awareness actually speaking there is no difference between the two so you should understand that awareness is the reality in which you think you are separate you think the objects which you are experiencing as separate but it is nothing but awareness in absolute condition in all the state situation this separated feeling is due to not seeing the awareness in yourself and otherness the moment you see that awareness in yourself and others as a a unified field or the unified reality or the ultimate reality nyade dvaitam na vidyate once you know that reality there is no duality at all this is how it has to be understood uh, you know vindu uh, ji uh, i don't have a i mean the 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 conclusions that that uh, are made by god apart is not a problem that i have i have the thing is that if somebody is going to approach the upanishad right so we have to assume that there is a non apprehension of reality which is why they are even approaching the upanishad in the first place and from that standpoint of somebody who has a non apprehension of reality right from that place now from there if we again jump and talk about that this is happening because you are not comprehending reality then the philosophy is failing to do what it's supposed to do which is to actually take this person who is not apprehending reality and make them apprehend reality so that is what i see there is a conflation of means and end that's the first point i want to make so i don't have a fundamental issue with this idea that finally uh, this kind of find fundamental idea that godabad is coming with but my issue is that the ways the means that he use right seems to me to go around in circle and and because he is all the time right he is uh, trying to prove that there are logical fallacies with other systems i am trying to point out that to me i see a huge logical fallacy in his system which is right because he's using logic all the time right we can't say that if he's using logic and sticking to logic and let me stick to logic and by sticking to logic not even bringing anything else but the question of experience just the question of experience let me say so first is a person who has a non comprehension of reality comes to this teaching that's the first thing right then we say non comprehension is happening right because there is some appearance right now what will be the next step if there is an appearance then the question will arise what is the nature of this appearance where does it come from right that will be the question then if i go back and say oh but there is no appearance right which means i go back and i say the conclusion that i want to reach is the very so 
uh, uh, I'm going to use that. I'm going to use the very conclusion that I have to reach through logic as a part of my logic itself, which again, to me, is a huge logical fallacy because I don't see any way that anybody can talk about appearance. Let's say we say appearance is karma. We have to go into how and why appearance is happening. If the only explanation we have then is that, but actually there is no appearance, then then that philosophy is honestly seems to me has a there's a big hole there. And if we start to go down that road, there will be no way because if we talk about superimposition, and even though rope snake example is not the greatest example, but even if we use that. We will have to say that how is it that if only a rope exists, that a snake can even be seen, how is it that appearance can even rise in the first place? And then if I say it's because of Maya, it's because of misapprehension, it's because of this, it's because of that, whatever that is, then I have to ask that how did that arise? Right? So then it will become a uh, uh, logic ad infinitum. This will go on ad infinitum, this question, right? So in that sense, as a logical effective method, right, it, 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 uh, it falls as a philosophy. Now the question of saying there is no world as a way of detachment, as a way of sannyas, as somebody who maybe, you know, is going to live in a forest or in a cave or whatever, it's all fine. But in terms of this, I see this logical fallacy is is not resolved by Gaudapath. It doesn't seem to be. If somebody can resolve it for me simply, because it's a very simple thing, actually it's not very complex. If somebody can resolve it for me, then I would be convinced. But otherwise, I think that as a, as a logical philosophy, which is to take a person from a state of non-apprehension to apprehension, this logic seems to fall flat. See, Deep, I understand fully from where you are asking these questions. You are asking the questions only from your waking state of experiences. What you should Not understand is that because Gaudapada is explaining from Jagrat, Sopna, Shushupti and Turiya as the beginning of the Upanishadic this the classification of our appearances and experiences he did not make any statement or of his own he is using the upanishad fundamentals you have a waking experience you have a dream experience you have a deep sleep experiences and when you analyze these experiences do you find there is a transition of from a waker to a dreamer, to a deep sleeper, and there is a consciousness or awareness which is untouched by these changes, which is a witness to these changes and beyond these happenings. And if those with that witness which is beyond the experiences is where one has to place himself 
to analyze it not as a waker and experience of the waker to be analyzed no then you are not doing justice to it because you are not then removing your dream and the deep sleep from your experiential part of it when you have to analyze it and appearance to be negated experience to be negated you have to shift your standing as the witness which has not changed time the mem you remember it to the time which you are right now that experiences kept on changing every day every moment yet you have a unchanging awareness as your nature which is observing it that is what gaudapada is asking you to say the appearance and the experiences while it is happening you may feel it is real you may you may experience it and the appearances are changing because you are not permanently in your waking you are not permanently in your dream you are not permanently in your deep sleep you are there who knows these changes are taking place so you have to be different from that and stand on that and then analyze it that is what he is asking and that is and that is fundamental right binduji what i that is all what he is telling yeah that, that is all what he is saying that but is fundamental and that is a reality all i'm saying is as a philosophy i don't need to say that the appearance of the waking dream and the sleep deep sleep i don't need to say that the appearance of that is unreal i don't have to say that for the for to be the sakshi to be the witness i don't have to call that an appearance right i have to i say that it is the same that that what seems like an appearance and seems different is no different from the witness itself that which is witness is no different from the witness itself i don't have to call it an appearance or false or then try to explain it i don't have to say that so where is a where is a fallacy then no the fallacy is only i was telling you i don't have a problem with his with the conclusions the only problem is that the logical that he is using to explain it right becomes a to me is itself illogical as logic because he is so uh, committed to logic then yeah he is he is committed fallacy yes the he is committed to his logic only because all the opponents of his time are depending upon their experience of the waking and that expressions of the waking like asatvada asatvada sankhya nyaya even the purva mimamsa all of them are only relating their experiences to the waking world and the expressions of the waking world for this thing so he had to tell them that they are all not they are just appearances and experiences without any 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 logical validity to refute them he had to use that logic and he is using the logic from where from the upanishad which he is explaining what is the waking he has explained what is the dream he has explained what is the deep sleep he has explained and then he says that beyond these three is what is the reality where the prapanchovashamam ekatma pratyasaram is understood then only you will know that that where you are or what you are from that go back to your waking and analyze it then everything will become logically not valid
again, I, I, and I agree. Okay, that's fine, Binduji. I agree totally with that. And I just say that the logic that Gaudapad use. I mean, I think I would just say that uh, that there are philosophies which can do the same thing without employing. I mean, uh, and I can understand it's from a certain context and from certain time and from a certain position. And he was dealing with certain schools of thought and philosophy, right? But in terms of, if I look at it from this context today, I do not see that it is the the most effective logical philosophy as a system. But as a, I totally appreciate the fact that he would have been trying to defend the position of the Upanishad in whatever best way that he had to, I guess, that, that I can appreciate. Um, if awareness, um, if the witness is uh, the awareness in awareness, but the Upanishads also say that the awareness has no attributes. How, how can I reconcile that? See, the awareness is called an awareness only if there is something other than that. So, our experience is taken as Jagra, Sopna, Sushupti or the waking dream and deep sleep and therefore we become a witness to it. But when you negate the three as separately, you know, independent realities, then there is an experience called appearance for that them but that that is what is being negated they are not there absolutely have no independent existence other than your own awareness it is your own awareness in which you are experiencing them therefore there is non-dual single entity in which everything is being you cannot even use the word everything because there is only one single unit and then everything word becomes you know invalid in such a state that is the state what we have to say is what we have to understand as the reality but all this is happening in awareness right it is not happening it is appearing to happening yes i understand that uh, but it's knowledge yes it, it's not happening it's not it's happening knowledge it's, right? it's knowledge or awareness or consciousness depending upon what which comforts you okay well uh, awareness, yeah, no, yes, thank you. What comforts me, <laughs> I like that. Yes. Namaste, Binduji. <clears throat> I just wanted to Namaste, say, like uh, today's session was was very great for me personally because never, never <clears throat> has any text or anyone explained the truth so simply and so clearly, and you are you are. Uh, rendition and your explanation was also so simple and clear so I'm like very thankful to you and of course Gaudapada that th this is a lot of help in my view that uh, just stating the truth plainly um, like say <laughs> telling what is the Adhyaropapavada what is the different ways truth is codified and finally unveiling the truth is, is uh, <clears throat> yeah very nice and I really <clears throat> thank you for uh, treating this subject this way. Thank you, Binduji. Ji, ji, uh, ji, I have a uh, uh, um, just want to talk about uh, 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 the question uh, why these 
like you say this other uh, we, we uh, godfather have to explain where is the other school of thoughts now uh, stand for like if we say logically and the new uh, we can say new religion like uh, Sikh religion they, they still use the term turiya is is given by godfather why the jew if is not like uh, working why the the new religion have used the same method for it if is if is if someone says not a, like a go like a, a correct uh, you know direction then why the new religion still so many times if you read guru granth sahib they have the jews same method the turiya or what is explaining by vedant godpada i don't understand that if is not worth it or you know is it only worth it for that time after the you know like uh, godpada 6700 years they still using that same uh, method for their granth or what, like that mean they he's he's convincing all all the uh, school of thoughts you know all i i can say mostly the all so that's why we are still talking here uh, because that is that is uh, so powerful what i say that idea other school of thought uh, they are they have it like but not like this this is come i think very you know powerful all of them thank you i just want to say that if uh, so if i say anything wrong sorry for that thank you no way boji <clears throat> you should one thing you should keep it in mind religious beliefs and practices are different from philosophy and intellectual enquiries in the intellectual enquiries and philosophy there is no ritual no religion no no sanctity given to god no sanctity given to any of the things it is purely analyzing satyam what is the truth what is the truth how do i i how do i know the truth or the reality of everything whether who created or whether creation is real or not is not is what exactly what the philosophy is doing it doesn't have any religion for it whichever religion you are following for your daily practice doesn't hamper for this purpose because this is a this is the pursuit of truth not as a practice of religion that is why these this upanishads stand out from the, even though it is part of the vedas it is stand out from veda because they they come to a stage that they don't even discuss about you know the the gods and the rituals in their practice the upanishads do not talk about it in some upanishad it may have talking spoken about it it is only to talk to specifically address to certain type of people whom they want to address and take them beyond what they are stuck with otherwise it is absolutely non religious purely philosophical addressing what is the reality of our experience or our life and if i can quickly make a comment because i think there's again another conflation there webhav ji is conflating because turiyam is a word exists in the upanishad it is not coined by godapad so it is not that it is godapad's creation it's in the upanishad so the guru granth sahib for instance depends heavily on the upanishads but may not uh, depend on godapad or his philosophy
I wanted to add that that's that's one perspective <coughs> of what uh, Deepji said that uh, when we point out the fallacies of the idea of creation, uh, it is definitely a logical fallacy, and that word uh, is very important to uh, keep in mind that it's a logical fallacy. And uh, as it has been told, there are many siddhantas at that time, and what Gaudapada goes to say from the highest truth is that no Siddhanta uh, can actually assert anything as having created or having perished from his from his point of view that is why he is forced to bring in the logical fallacies there are some uh, some things that are there like you know when he said uh, Ishwara would be at fault, would be at bias, and things like that. These are uh, not his direct claims. His are these are him uh, taking it against the very people uh, that say that Ishwara is flawless. So if he says Ishwara is, if you say Ishwara is flawless, then I'll tell you that your idea of bringing in karma has to be flawed, and therefore. Karma doesn't exist, so it's like that. Those are those are the logical things. If you ask Gaudapada, how do you know what's in Ishwara's mind? Definitely, you know that's uh, something that is subjective to Gaudapada itself. But it, uh, that is why, uh, while reading them, uh, it is very important to understand perspectives logically. Even uh, the Siddhanta of uh, infinite, uh, even the concept of infinite regression, uh, is. Uh, uh, very valid as a as a logical logical school of thought logical uh, school of thought so in that sense all the fallacies that he placed uh, when taken out of that particular context because that's the context uh, that's the word deep g used and it's right so when you take it out of it then definitely uh, it doesn't sink so uh, and we all know that uh, if any Acharya had to present his own uh, view, there had to be uh, a logical basis on which he places his views. Either you should quote the Shruti, but Gaudapada has gone one step ahead and had said from the standpoint of realization itself, from the standpoint of the ultimate reality itself. So, but even then, uh, it's very, it would be very interesting to take each uh, fallacies that Gaudapada put and when seen distinct and made a study from the standpoint of the ultimate reality then slowly all these things start making sense but it has to be seen from the standpoint of the ultimate reality anything short of that uh, Gaudapada's theory will appear like it's falling short but Gaudapada stands on Ajativada uh, which is uh, by itself uh, the truth that he has realized for himself and many have realized as well uh, there is that that is one uh, thing that I believe <coughs> in terms of even intellectually understanding uh, Ajativada uh, would be very helpful in I mean a, a, a kind of perspective would be helpful to see whether uh, forget about uh, the perceptible universe forget about uh, the lump of clay being transformed into uh, uh, 
an, uh, into a pot or gold being ma manufactured into uh, an ornament. In modern day science, everything can be refuted. They'll say that, you know, clay was never clay when it has become pot. There are many other elements that are there into it, right, that have actually changed its nature. Modern science can easily bring that about. But uh, those examples also were based on the idea of satta, that is the the stuff, the isness of it. So the isness is seen as like if gulab, if rasgulla is there, the isness of it is milk. It is seen in that sense. So that is another subject. Forget about the objective perception of reality. Uh, a simple subjective perception of reality. Uh, one can ask this quietly to oneself. Uh, maybe not give answers at all uh, in. Uh, uh, to bring about a discussion, but uh, truly speaking, and, and sit over it and ask the question, uh, did, I, did I really come into existence in this time and space? Did I remember coming into existence? I can say that my appearances have changed, but did I really come into existence? Was there the birth of me? Now, the, this question, uh, even in terms of uh, an imaginative stretch, can take it to a point where I can easily say I don't remember being born, right? But one can actually say I remember, I, I, I can remember dying because the vision and all are withdrawn, right? I can remember dying. But the person who is dying at that time really understands that death per se, as is understood by the mind in the world of time and space, isn't really happening. It's just that that which is seen has changed. There is an other vision that opens up. The problem with this kind of a, of a declaration that I'm making is that this calls for a spiritual experience. When I say spiritual, I just mean non-material. I don't mean something else. I just mean non-material experience. And that is uh, where Gaudapada is constantly uh, pointing at uh, in terms of the spiritual realization. In fact, uh, I think a few karikas before this, uh, he had stated, uh, I think in verse number 46, uh, um, I, I can't, Yadana, uh, something like that. I, uh, punaha, that. That's all I can remember. But that's something that I had read, read uh, some time ago. So what he says at that point is that if the awareness does not modify itself along with the appearances that modifies, Right, the appearances of the waking, the appearances of the dream, the appearances of the deep sleep state. By discipline, uh, by discipline, that's where I use the word uh, a spiritual experience brought about by a spiritual discipline, where the mind does not flicker at all. Then that truth which is being spoken of can be known. Now, the thing is that uh, in terms of the seer scene, uh, the problem that will always remain if there is no discrimination done be between the seer seen is that there will be what Shankaracharya calls as adhyasa, right? And adhyasa is always going to bring an impression on the mind 
that a transformation has taken place right the trans if i if i have an adhyasa with my body i clearly see a transformation if i have an adhyasa associated with my existence with my wife or my child or my father i clearly see movement and that is the problem now apparently adhyasa seems to be real it seems to be real because it is experienced on a daily basis everything modes of experience modes states of mind states of being everything is experienced through adhyasa now the problem is that adhyasa appears to be real but when and and when it's gone it never seems to have been there in the first place when i say been there in the first place it's not like i'm not again you know making a statement uh, by throwing it in the air because one doesn't even remember or can again construct how one has seen it overlapping the other how one has seen uh, one overlapping on another reality the self overlapping on the changeable reality so that is why the distinction between the two has to be made it's compulsory it's compulsory now how you do that distinction all the parts lead to that same idea if you're talking of bhakti then that has to be firmly attested in the mind that this is not me this is bhagavan right this is not me this is bhagavan or as per vedantic logic that which does not sustain in all three periods of time that which is subject to constant modification that's the law based on based on which viveka is done that which is is unreal only to point out what the real is and therefore gyana yoga also implies i mean applies the path of viveka in this sense either ways whether it is being called an illusion or whether it's being called as ishvara shrishti and it belongs to ishvara itself either ways the seer seen misconstrued notion of identification has to go right and when and it's only possible that that goes through any sort of spiritual discipline when i say discipline i don't mean sitting it uh, in vedanta you can i mean in advaita you can call it as um, jignasa or you can call it as um, uh, another word is viveka you can you can keep calling you can keep calling mananam you can use those words or you can put it in bhakti as a way that i offer everything that i know see experience everything as ishvara the three states belong to ishvara the modifications of my mind belong to ishvara so what I, what i'm trying to bring here is that uh in terms of discussion this becomes a problem but in terms of uh spiritual realization uh this just becomes something that you can attest to so i just wanted to bring that perspective so that our discussion of what uh is being made the karika that is being shown here uh points out to a state of realization rather than a place of discussion however discussions also can be made there is a place for it and i believe like you know when we take all the fallacies at one go uh, they appear problematic but it would be a great uh, setup if individual fallacies are taken actually without to their very detail 
Aurobindji had to actually pronounce the fallacies and their uh, dictations uh, through uh, Gaudapada's words. But uh, in the modern context, it would be interesting. Even the theory of karma, it would be very interesting to see how all these are not truths that can bear testimony uh, to the changeable universe, that there is no change whatsoever, that there is nothing happening whatsoever. If the mind modification takes place, when you associate with the mind, it is 101% true that we will experience Parinamavada. It will be there. You cannot help it. Today, if I set curd in my house, if, if I set milk in my house, I work with Parinamavada that tomorrow it's going to be curd, right? Uh, so the, the, the law exists in the mind. It is there in the mind, right? And as long as that is there, it exists. But from, from the ultimate standpoint, uh, does it exist? That's the question. Because in the ultimate standpoint, whether you're going to identify with the mind or not identify with the mind, that would be an interesting question. And I'm not talking here again, I'm not bringing in the curd or uh, the, the, the milk or the curd example. I'm just talking of the fundamental question of did we, did we, were we ever born? Right? I'll not ask the question of did we die because that I still leave it as a spiritual experience to know, right? Even right here, right now. But were we born? And I just leave it at that uh, to just, you know, keep the tone alive for this room. I just wanted to add that in perspective. Good evening. Uh, I don't have a direct question, but um, I came up to... Uh, so I kind of agree with Deepji in a certain way. So let me explain what where I am coming from. Uh, how I understand any logical exploration is that all logical explorations will have set of assumptions outside the, the logical practice. That means you say, assume this is this, and therefore let's do the logical sequence. And that assumption is finally proven. So what Deepji is saying is, and how I understand, is that the main assumption is that the ultimate never is born. If that is so, you cannot use the same thing within the inside of the logical practice. If you do that, you are basically violating. It is like, it is like saying, let's say the ultimate, the, the assumption is that the ultimate is equal to zero. I, I'm just using it, eh? so please bear with me. So let's say you say it is equal to zero. And then I say inside the logical chain, divide with zero, multiply with zero, add with zero, everything will become zero, obviously. Because, but that does not prove that the zero, the assumption is correct. Because it is like saying, if the ultimate is a white paint and you go over the painting and paint it, whatever you see, you paint it white. Obviously the painting will become white. That is similar. And this is one problem I see and this is always the problem I have seen from the beginning that 
I am asked to assume that this is the truth. And given the truth, go back and use the truth to analyze the reality. And that is a kind of a strange problem. So this is one. And the second one, I always have a problem, is that when Gaudapada says, in these three stages, waking, sleeping, dreaming, there is that observer that is observing this thing. Don't you see it? Now this itself, uh, I don't want to argue, but logically you can't do this because the act of observation needs something to be observed. Therefore, if that ultimate reality is able to observe, uh, then we are in trouble. So he's using the daily situation, act of observing, which belongs to the three-dimensional world, inside the logical box and not outside, and then says, don't you see it? Don't you see that there is that observer? And obviously we, ex so deeply, I, and again, I'm not equally as, as respectfully as uh, I can be, I'm not saying that the whole thing is wrong, but these create a huge uh, turmoil in a, in a person who is trying to understand logically, because yeah, these are, these are where, this is where I get stumped, you know. But anyways, uh, uh, Binduji today was very fascinating for me personally, because I do not come from all those uh, dharmas and all that side. So for me, finally, there were lots of questions being answered. So I'm going to listen to it again. And thank you very much for listening. Thank you. Hi, Binduji, uh, a small question. You spoke about cause and effect. Um, and uh, whether, you know, if they can't both be at the same time for that, for one to be the cause and the other to be the effect. Um, I just wanted to, you, if you could just, um, you know, clarify when uh, someone stated to me um, the other day that this is how reality works, according to them, that there is a cause and an effect happening exactly at the same time. So it's like you are seeing the wall in your room at the same time. It means you first created it and you saw it and it happened in an instant and there's no cause and there's no effect and there's nothing. It's reality is just happening in an instant. And then they asked me, can you like literally see that? So my answer would be no. I, I can understand that, that that is being said, and I can understand that that's a possibility. But am I literally seeing myself doing that? I can understand as far as even saying that when I wake up in the morning, you know, I um, the dream seems to be fleeting and going away, and uh, a reality of the waking state is coming into the focus. So to that extent, from this point of view of understanding, I can say that it is coming into my awareness that all of this is happening. Um, to go to the level of saying I'm literally creating everything, yes, uh, so there is an understanding. So I'm wondering what is the seeing of this happening at the same time? Are we literally 
being able to see it that we are doing this as awareness or as actually both were being talked about the awareness as well as the body mind but uh, it's right behind the head you can't see your head you can't see behind your head so if you say you can't see behind your head whose head awareness's head obviously the body mind's head so which you is even being spoken about when you know when i when i checked on this um i didn't get an answer for this question that was being you know put across so i thought that it would be better to just ask you because today it was exactly on this we spoke about cause and effect and how is it how is reality really happening so if you could just you know briefly touch upon that i also did get a call when you were finishing that so i didn't i don't know how you concluded uh which of these options was really the one that uh, you were going with thank you yeah joy the cause and effect aspect as per various philosophies in india and not only in india otherwise also there is a time factor the cause have to precede the effect so it is in a time and space continuum the time cause and effect is always discussed as madhir was telling there are conditions under which cause and effect is being discussed godabada is only asking each of those philosophers what is the you know what is the he was throwing the fallacies in their statements where the cause and effect is being considered separate some places they consider cause and effect as uh, you know cause relate to this effect and effect becoming a cause for a subsequent effect like that the chain of events happening in all these things what happens is that there is a infinite regress which is happening therefore what godavada says that in in infinite regress what appears in between may appear to be really also since the first cause itself is not validated the intermediate experiences which you are being experiencing taking for granted that is this is you know anadi or beginningless you cannot find very indirectly saying that i don't know what is the beginning but i experience it now you cannot take a intermediate experience as a valid experience because unless it is proven that the first cause has happened the intermediate experience it doesn't have a logical standing so that will not stand the logic therefore you should not accept is one aspect of the cause and effect then the other one which he said is that if it is simultaneously happening the cause and effect happening simultaneously it does it just doesn't stand even logic so he doesn't even discuss in detail the last one which he wanted to talk about is that philosophy from the purva mimamsa where he said is that no it is the body giving result to karma and that karma giving result to the another body this chain of sequence is also not valid because what was the karma which gave rise to that body for the first body to have a particular body he referred the example of twin brothers born but both brothers have separate sharira means there should be separate causes for their own separate sharira separate bodies to be the 14 brothers and their life also being conditioned by different karmas which can be subsequent karmas okay 
so from that point also this first karma cannot happen because the karma which gave rise to the body will have to be done by a body which is prior to that karma so there also the infinite infinite regress happens therefore no way you can say the first body how it was created so from that point also the karma theory also doesn't stand valid because the same fallacy is there because the first uh, explanation cannot be given which i also said that you know the big bang i asked this to deepak chopra also once he said that no there was no time and space before the big bang then i asked him if there is no time and space for before the big bang when and where did it take place for you to start you know no, the time and space started after that i said to start that you should have something from where it starts no or from some location or some self so there has to be a space assuming the time starts after that but time and space are inseparable so there was no answer positively to give that where did the big bang take place then the parallel universe and things like that were being spoken which is there is no proof of it or it's all assumptions so from all these things what it comes down to is that the experiences which are momentarily being felt and experienced do not have a valid logical beginning therefore we should not take these intermediary happening as real and experiences happening they may appear to be real but that experiences a feeling that it they have real is not because there is a real cause for it and therefore there is no real experience happening no real appearance no real birth no real cause no real effect there is nothing has in fact really taken place not taken shape or as cause and effect or is it's only ajadam or the immutable in unified one awareness in which everything is being you know everything you can't use the word everything is being attributed to so to remove the attributions the theories are being used temporary but when you are really getting into the logic and the enquiry and shravana manana nididhyasana these and these logic these explanations also fall off and you realize that there is there was never a creation i was never born never i am going to die the i which is in me in in independently of all my experiences which is an observer of my experiences has no birth and death the experiences which are mere appearances may come and go that may be called birth and death of experiences but that is only appearance and therefore there is in reality there is no birth and there is no death thank you bindu ji uh, just before you go uh, i wanted to so that i don't want to break the chain um, of thought that deep brought up um, prasad left but if if you don't mind just continuing on this when we say um, brahma satyam jagat mitya brahman is real jagat is not when deep says that we can't distinguish between uh nirguna and saguna or we can't distinguish between brahman with uh modifications and brahman itself 
that his perspective is is that they're indistinguishable and therefore one. I'm paraphrasing so Deep can jump in and, and refute what I'm saying, but how how do we reconcile his assertion and his perspective on on how he sees reality with the this Mahavakya, Brahmasatya, Jagat is not. How how do we reconcile that? For me, it's a reconciliation. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'll just quickly say one thing. For me, one, today what I pointed out was merely, and it should be just seen as that, that it was just that I was pointing out to a certain logical fallacy, which Godabad, the tool that he's using, and I was pointing out that in his own philosophy, at least at this point, right, if we take him now trying to use logic for the teaching, which may not be enough, and maybe it's a, you know, whatever, it's a context, right? So I think that Binduji clarified that it's a context. Today, all this stuff that he speaks about. In terms of your other, because before Binduji answered, I'll just clarify my position. In terms of my other idea, I just say that Jagat is not Mithya, but Jagat is Brahman itself, right? But because, so, now there will be a long elaboration on that, but it doesn't need to be said. So if I was to say Bindoji's question on the Big Bang, I would say that right that the the Brahm the Brahm has always been there. Before Big Bang, after Big Bang, doesn't matter. Right? But we can't constrain the Brahm to say that there can't be a big bang that was created that there was not uh for because we have to we have to have to have to we will have to be able to say how did appearance happen in the first place uh, that which is one how did it get divided this this philosophy says it was never divided and i think that is the problem i say that there is no constraint on Brahman. It was able to do this, right? And this process is even talked about in traditions, but we won't right now go into that. And I'll just on that line, I wish Prasadji was also here, would have continued, but Pindoji, please. Yeah, see, basically, as Prasad also was telling, the standpoint of Gaudapada is very, very clear. He is tell that Advaitam Paramarthada. The only truth is non-duality. In that non-duality, there is not even an iota of space for something to happen. Therefore, nothing is happening. Because when it is only one, in there anything can happen means you need something other than that. Such a situation doesn't arise. Or there is no possibility for something to happen. When that is very clear, what is appearing to be happening, you will have to resolve to that nothingness, where the possibility of nothingness is the reality. So, Gaudabada's point of view is very clear that in the non-dual Brahman, there is no chance for anything to happen. 
therefore any happening is absolutely unreal and it has never happened and it is never happening or it will never happen having given this as the fundamental reality if you are facing or if you are feeling or if you are experiencing anything other than you because you need to be separate from your exp object of experience you need to have the experiencing as an act of experiencing and if these three are present in and you are experiencing that that means you have not understood the reality because there is no possibility for anything to happen because you are also part of that brahman the object is also part of brahman there is nothing called product of you know act of experiencing that can take place when both of them both the you and the object are brahman how can there be an act of experiencing independent of you know that do the threesome the threesome is not threesome in reality there is only one and the threesome is a if at all is that you are not understood the what is the reality therefore you may appear to be having the threesome therefore don't go into the theory theory and you know justification for your experiences when you should be actually speaking understanding that there is no possibility for anything to happen don't don't theorize don't theorize your experiences and try to justify them that's all he has to say and i would have a different just stand on this right my stand is simply one just the word advait there would be no significance and the word advait would not even be needed in the first place if we could we could have just used the word oneness we don't need the word non duality or not to and the, that has a deep i for me it has a deep significance that word right and 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 the second thing i would just say is that and so my uh, idea is right because it's just reflected the self is the core experience of the self is to know itself and so the reason that anything ever came into existence is to know for brahman to consciousness to know itself brahman to know itself and it is reflected in each of us as we go into these teachings because the one central drive of every human being whether they realize it or not is to know themselves and that is because that was the primal drive for even a creation to come into existence but of course with this creation there are then layers of ignorance and layers of all that so this is my uh, uh my my stand on it and i let's, think it's let's pick this up on friday not, not let's, let's continue this on friday um because it's too big a subject to kind of leave as a cliffhanger and it's uh, it's important it's a super 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 important uh, um perspective at least for me and i and i'm i'm sure that uh I'm sure that um, Bindu wouldn't mind continuing, and uh, we could spend you know days on it. And and they're they're really subtle distinctions here, but but in, in a way they're they're fundamental. And so I think if if we can, we can just work our way through it and uh, and and jump that divide uh, or uh, or not. And um, 
And so, Bindu, are you good for another few minutes, or do you want to? Uh, there might be Dutch, others. Dutch, but... I had a different question. I wanted to know somewhere is there a mention of? See, we have we know the adhikari, right? That different people understand in different ways, or at least they are affected by different aspects of life and so on. Right. So, but uh, it doesn't seem to me that like you know, Gaurupada makes that type of distinction. Meaning, my my basic question is that it seems like his theory is only understood by special few because it's too esoteric and it really requires a jump in concepts, conceptual space, and even to go out of the senses, for example, not take senses as real and so many different aspects actually. So, uh, in my opinion, you know, it's like a, it requires a, a hell lot of background in in or at least a brain which is like you know very very intelligent. Uh, yes, in the previous chapter, he has mentioned the category of the three, Uttama, Madhyama, Hina, Adhigari, he has mentioned in it. And he said that what he is talking is only meant for the Uttama, Adhigari. Madhyama, Hina, Adhigari may not be able to even understand what, what he is talking. That we covered it in the last chapter. Yeah, because definitely in real life also, the child cannot understand uh, what the adults are speaking, right? at the end of the day. So there are fundamental limitations as to when we approach the reality from what we know currently, right? So what it appears to be true currently will of course have to give up at certain point of time, but that itself requires, uh, you know, either grace or I don't know what it requires. So in which case, like, you know, to get that state of the brain or whatever, then maybe like, you know, the Upasana and all are required. Is that how it is or like? So how to get the state of the brain in which these things are understood? Yeah, basically, Shravana Manana Nididhyasana is what is being that. You have heard it now, what Gaudapada said. There may be doubts. These are all called Kashayam or the, you know, what is called impediments in understanding that. And that can be removed only by Mananam. When you frequently reanalyze re it, apply it to your own experiences. Because what is being spoken about by Gaudavada is our reality and you cannot search it outside in your experiences or in the objects of experiences. It is that from where experiences find its support for experiencing is what he is indicating to us. So if you are either with the experiences or with the experiencing, you will never be able to touch the source from which ever the experiencing itself is depending upon. So that mananam is required by using these verses of Gaudapata and what the application which he said in that, you know, you know, when it is going into deep sleep mode or trying a trance mode, you should not allow the mind to go into a trance mode. At the same time, you should not allow it to wander about into the reality of experiencing or the experiences but bring it back to your own the source from where experiencing gets its energy or this you know the prime move prime mover type of a thing and when you keep doing this thing then a stage will come when you are in that that source or the your own reality where you will find a happiness but even if that happiness is a source sort of experience 
please understand that is the state of the mind when it is not wandering about nor it is going to sleep even that is to be not taken as the final thing that also has to be abandoned as a experience of one's own proximity not as one's own reality the proximity to oneself itself like proximity to heat will give you fire will you give heat but not like getting you know jumping into the fire something similar to that that moment when you even discard that momentary happiness when it is there in the mind when the mind becomes no mind that is the state where you will realize what gaudapada is telling the 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 reality about the nature of reality this is the method he has said in the last chapter toward the last verses which he said these are the methods which you at one has to apply it in this understanding this yeah but at some point of time the concept of individual i who is perceiving this also will disappear right yes Meaning when your when your mind is disappeared that individuality goes with it no and therefore the very world view changes at some point of time because yeah. you cannot be sustained at all no that that is why the when the mind becomes no mind where is you where is we or where is viewing experiencing nothing remains in that prapanchovashamam amani bhava these are all the words he uses yeah when people question me as to okay now prove it and all there is simply no way to prove it in the real life unless like some miraculous kind of things happen which of course we don't expect that to happen so you know so it's kind of very difficult i think the only thing is to just keep quiet and whoever understands understands and otherwise uh, don't have to do anything particular basically because i uh, understand everything the only question which remains is probably i missed it i don't understand why for certain people the awareness is placed in the bottoms up and for some it is uh, you know from the up to down i mean or probably from up to down can never happen probably because like you say the state of turiya then that's the state of turiya nothing can be experienced there but the one is going from bottoms up you know where uh, you say that if the question is arising then that means you have taken it as real and so the question is arising but so finally my question bindoji is why is for certain people awareness at a level where things are in the manifested form or many you know too many and then for some it becomes one why why does that happen has has the upanishad said anything about that it is what they say is that the condition of the mind chitta shuddhi what they call it as hmm. when the the more the you know the urge to know yourself or as to know the truth the more will be the effect of the mind to find out that but if the mind goes in wandering the sensual objects and through the sense organs such people such questions will not arise at all because they are so busy in engagement with the world outside for them this this has never become a botheration because they have not thought about it in first place why it is happening there cannot be an answer for it because that is the nature of the mind of the individual so in that case uh, the journey see always probably the journey is the very reason uh, say for, for example adi shankaracharya he he then wrote saundarya lahari after you know writing that nirvana shatkam so is the journey always from one to many and back from many to one and that itself denotes life 
the very pulsation the very fact that we are alive alive means alive right alive and kicking so uh, do you think uh, it's always going to be like this uh, one to many and many to one again and of course the root is through chitta shuddhi going back from 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 many to one is through chitta shuddhi only so the question arises and we try to know ourselves and probably get into certain acts actions which will bring us there but uh, bindu ji is that how it goes everything yeah. all the time no in fact nyade doidam na vidyate is what it is said once you know the that advaita turiya hmm. then there is no dwaitam for you to transact or anything like that what that that individual who was thinking he is individual and separate doesn't look himself as individual and separate he sees everything as the same yatrana anya pasyati anya shrunodi anya dvijanadi he doesn't see anything as separate from him he sees all these are awareness itself even though they may appear to be in the name and form and the name and form has no independent reality they are all awareness itself and that awareness he doesn't go to multitude or anything because he is engrossed in that awareness which is his nature so he doesn't see other than him anything else in that case to begin with itself the whole mandukya upanishad is based on that right in the yes. begin itself nothing i mean there was not many but it appears as many and that is what it explains everything that why is it so in such a way right mm. Mm. so so once one has known then that's it one can never go back to again being multitude but then no. again ha huh, yeah yeah then shankar the, the the claim that shankaracharya wrote saundarya lahari and everything is is which i have explained in one of the earlier classes is that the term shankaracharya was being used even today by the pontiffs of different um, you know ashrams so okay. when they write anything the the name is given as shankaracharya virachitam or written by shankaracharya it is mm-hmm. not this shankaracharya who wrote the bhashya of the brahma sutra and the 10 upanishad and gita that shankaracharya has not created any other book other than that okay in that case uh, ultimately what is then in our hands right now where we are trying to know this or trying to arrive at that uh, undivided state this is the journey only of knowledge right like you said for some people it will never bother to them they are still into sensual objects and they never even this is not even bothersome to them so the only thing left in our hands and that's why probably the knowledge exists in this world in form of upanishads and all right for us yes. to go back to yes. go back home right absolutely yes mm-hmm. see this thing is that in any any given situation <laughs> you will find all sorts of people in the world mm. some people may be interested in external visual things some may be in the audio things some may be in the music some may be in the dance some may be into you know consumption of liquor or anything and different type of people will be always there in the world but how many of them will get into a interest to listen to this or here is depending upon the chitta shuddhi or the how they have experienced themselves and even there in the shastra they say that the dejection or the you know dejection towards different aspects of life can have got nine types of de- dejection it seems 
like you know one of the famous thing which i remember is that you know the the you know hatred towards sexual thing by a pregnant lady is one example in one of that because during the pregnancy she may not she may hate it but after pregnancy she becomes again pregnant how does it happen because these are all momentary same way going to a cremation a person feels dejected because a dear and near one has been i mean dead and the cremation is taking place so he or she feels dejected with life and everything but over a period of time everything is forgotten and life back get back to normal so like that there are nine types of what you call uh, vairagya what they call it as dejection rejections so these will not take a person to towards this uh, spiritual direction or to finding out the truth unless it becomes a permanent vairagya in him that he is not interested by anything else in the world hmm. only such a person will look towards the real inquiry and pursue it till the end other people will get interested in between they may like to listen for some time then they may forget follow up and they drop out and go back into their own routine life and waiting again they may come back after some time that's this keeps on happening that is like you know when you are when your knife loses its sharpness you sharpen it again like that people keep doing it again and again but the one which has got real dejection or the vairagya he has no intention to settle down unless he finds the truth only such a person will pursue it till he reaches the goal uttishta jagrata prapyavara nibodata that is the katopanishad says that alertness uttishta means alertness not get up alertness that alertness has to happen in life to see the reality in everything but to begin with bindu ji just this final question just begin to begin with let me call it a fall why does this fall take place it don't you th- you think it must be happening for the joy of knowing oneself again maybe going away and coming back the probably the joy to know the scripture again the joy to know the this is joy uh, desire at the sen- at the uh, you know the absolute start of it the desire maybe that's what godavada says it has not really happened you are thinking it is has happened and therefore the journey starts okay Okay. You, okay. you started dreaming thinking you are a dreamer then the whole entire dream will exist for you no only when you wake up you realize that dream was the dream and you you say that oh and when you wake up from the wake up to the parajagrat the extreme awakening then you realize that you know the waking dream and deep sleep was not a reality so then why did it begin with in the first place that cannot it, be questioned it didn't it? happen it is not happening you seem to be happening and then you are thinking it is real it's not really happening okay summer you should understand that got it got it, if, got it. yeah if you think it is happening that is why it said no those who think there is a birth then death for them birth and death is real but the one who realizes that, that i am not the body hmm for him where is the birth and death 
okay but now this thing what you're saying has to come as experience it cannot be a mind game right for example we hear this okay like you said your statement is absolutely clear and i understand mentally i understand and you know uh, yeah, I, yeah i understand but if i'm playing a mind game with myself uh, trying to escape yeah. it will not last huh. it will not last That's mind not game last. will not last because mind yeah. is the nature of mind is to change yeah it has to become your conviction conviction and experience and how does and that how to how how would that happen like how can that happen when the mind doesn't take you away again and and what is the method to get there you have to you have, you have to shravana manana nididhyasana is what the shastra says that shravana and repeat it abhyasa okay. abhyasa vairagya is what krishna says abhyasa means to repeat what you hear every moment you have to apply it pradivoda viditam madam amrutattvam hivendate that immortality can come only when you analyze every experience of yours with this knowledge in mind that the experiences are a falsity making me realize that there is subject object and experiencing in reality there is only the truth which is their awareness and in awareness there is no bifurcation or any trifurcation like subject object and experience it everything is nothing but awareness this happens in every experience and the person who sees in every experience it it becomes his nature to become be one with awareness and for him nothing exists other than awareness and that person is the one who is immortal okay but the death would still you mean the body would the body that occurred you are not the person? body you are not the body okay but where like, were where, where your body when you were in deep sleep did you no, know you were a man or a female or anything like that no nothing i don't mean it that way bindu ji for us for example let's say one of us one of us happens to through abhyasa reach that stage okay say for example let's choose venkat ji he happens to reach that stage now for venkat ji the he would become immortal for himself of course his everything will collapse and maybe he will become immortal but for us but for us what would he look like what happened to the people and the objects in your dream when you when you woke up they vanished same thing will happen okay. the dream the venkat ji samar patrick mm-hmm. or anybody for that matter was not there in the beginning itself it was my feeling that they are there independently separate and individual entities hmm when i realized that everything is nothing but awareness there is hmm. no separate joy summer patrick venkat or any other than that name hmm. okay yes they became parts of the objects of the dream like that in the para jagrat this jagrat becomes like a dream hmm so so then this gyan this scriptures and all came out for from us only for us to remember like uh, this uh, instruction coming to us right that go back do your abhyasa go back or whatever this yeah. uh, it is it is just like a, a lion in the dream woke you up once you woke up that what happened to the lion is gone same way this veda becomes aveda veda is no more a veda for you the scripture is no more a scripture Hmm. it didn't exist even the when you realize it even the scriptures do not exist okay okay it yeah it's also like a mirror and, no sorry yeah it is i think like a mirror no that you know once you kind of go out of the mirror 
your face disappeared from the mirror because it never existed in the first place right yeah good night hari om namaste everyone hari om namaste namaste namaste